Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Brain Injury Today podcast. This is Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. Glad you could join us. I'm very excited about today's show. We have one of the folks who is really involved, engaged, and a leader in our brain injury community, Michelle Kaufman. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to Brain Injury Today podcast. I'm so thankful that you are able to join us today. How is uh, your remote from home distancing day going? It's going really good, Deborah. Nice to see you and excited to be on your podcast. Good. I'm glad to hear. I think that's what we're all hoping for, just doing well. It's interesting to be virtual today. So all of this is happening virtually. I'm at my home. Michelle is at her home. I'm in the very south of King County, and she's in the very north of King County. So that's how we do it these days. And and I thank you, Michelle, for taking time. You are such an important person in our community. I really am thankful of your leadership and your involvement. And um, we're going to discuss today some of the ways that you're staying connected with our community innovative ways that you as a support group leader have um, been reaching out to those in our community. I think it's a BIAWA does a lot that's going on and at a somewhat professional level. We're professional, but we also try to be very personal. And you're really doing great things on that peer personal level. So thank you. We're going to share with everyone out there the great work that you do. And hopefully, It will inspire some others to give us some ideas of what they're doing, questions on things that may help them that perhaps we're able to respond to via our Facebook or um, email. We can start, Michelle, just a little background history on who you are, your beautiful self, and how you got connected to BIAWA so long ago and far away. Well... Unfortunately, in September of 2010, I fell down my basement stairs and I ended up in Harborview and they took off a third of my skull, which led to seven more surgeries and all the medications and therapies. And I was a lost little cookie. I didn't have any idea of what to do next. But fortunately, at the end of my bed, when they took me out of Harborview, was a bag from BIAWA. And inside there was a flyer for the resource line. And my husband called that resource line and found a support group for me. Just at Harborview, right by your office, was the best thing that ever happened. After the seventh surgery, I finally got to go. And I met Jennifer there. Do you remember? And she invited Joel and I to the office. And we came up and we would sit at the table an hour before the meeting. You guys were so welcoming and so friendly. We felt so accepted. And there was a stack of papers in the middle of the table. And Joel and I were waiting for Jennifer. We just started folding them. And we had so much fun. We came back month after month, an hour before that meeting, because y'all were so nice. And we just wanted to be around you. We felt safe and secure. And 
it was such a happy place to be in your office. That's how it all started for me and you seven years ago. Wow. It seems like yesterday and it seems like forever ago, both at the same time. I'm glad that we were walking our talk and that you did feel so comfortable and that we did provide what we really do try to provide on a daily basis, that invitational environment. And you and uh, Joel, who was unable to join us today, but we hope to hear from in the future, really took on a, a role. You really became invested in those support groups. I'm, and Jennifer was a great support leader and for the Harborview support group. But uh, nowadays, who leads the Harborview support groups? Lucky for me, Joel and I do. We've been doing it about six years now. We were just attendees in the group. That is where we met, was in that group. And after we were so enthusiastic in trying to bring other people, we asked if we could be the next leaders. And sure enough, our wish was granted. So after doing Harborview, we went and took over Swedish Cherry Hill. And then Joel started another one in West Seattle. So we tried to do a weekly support group thing for people because if you miss your one chance a month, it's a long time till the next month. And so we just appreciate all of the gifts that you give us to be able to help these people, whether it's postage to get them flyers or uh, the lunches or whatever it is, the events you put on, everybody just loves to come to be at the support group. At the support groups, we mostly just be together because we can be who we are all the time. If you drop your fork, it's okay. If you cry, if you laugh, it's always okay, even if it's the wrong moment. We go around the room and people share a positive experience in their life and maybe a challenging experience, something that they're working on. And then Joel and I give them the resources that we get from the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. It helps everybody, every group. People actually say to us, it changed my life after they'd been lost for years and years in their brain injury and finally got to one of our support groups. They mm -hmm. say the mm -hmm. kindest thing. Mm -hmm. Well, Joel and you are two of the kindest people I have ever met. So that is why. And what you are able to do in connecting to the community is amazing. And one of the reasons I really wanted you on today is that you mentioned few weeks ago, right, when all of this was starting. Last week, Allison really eloquently stated, you know, as someone who has experienced a brain injury, our, those in our community have fought so hard to be out, to be doing things, to be engaged, to, to not be isolated. And so then here comes the pandemic that has enforced this isolation on um, everyone but we are very concerned with how it affects those in our community. And you mentioned to me, Michelle, at this point, you and Joel have, what's the number you said of folks that attend, uh, you had a listing of how many? We have about 100 to 150 people that come in and out of the four support groups over a regular basis that we keep in contact with. They don't all come every week, of course, and throughout the different weeks. But we've got a huge uh, listing of people that we support. And I, yeah, and that's what so, was so impressive. And you mentioned to me right off that you and Joel, not only were you connecting with each of them, 
but you were going to get information and ask him the questions of since we were all going knowing that we were going to be reliant on technology coming up how can we connect with the community uh, you mentioned questions to me about things like asking them what type of phone they had does email work and my staff actually picked up from you two leaders in our community as you are and i asked them to start asking those same type of questions to all of the folks who we're working with via either resource management or calling into the resource line. So I'd love to hear from you anything that you've heard from the community. And as you have been reaching out to folks, what have been some of the challenges? What have been some of the ways either you or they are trying to do some self-care during this difficult time, but kind of just those type of things that you thought of and knew were important and were trying to work through through the list that you already have of, of those great people. We kind of assume in this day and age that everybody has technology, but we found quickly when we asked to get email addresses to send out flyers that a lot of people only had a telephone. A few of them didn't even have that. So that's why we decided to find out what kind of technology people had so that we could mail out um, puzzles, Sudoku's, color what things to do to people. We could mail them inspirational. We could get them the information on the links because they have no other way to get it to find out even what is going on. It's been kind of a long process. We're just starting to get through it. Luckily, we had a lot of it on most of these people as they came to our group. So that's really helpful because it's a real mix of survivor thoughts as we talk to them. Some are very content. Some people are really happy just staying in their little rabbit hole and they're liking it. Some are struggling, struggling really hard with the isolation, the boredom, the mental health issues and addiction. Isolation is not good with a brain injury. It's bad enough. But when you have any sort of dual diagnosis, especially what I call the trifecta, the brain injury, depression and addiction, it's all bad some days. So we're finding some hope. The first thing I suggest is the resource line from the Brain Injury Alliance. And we give people information on crisis lines and AANA through Seattle Intergroup. And I'm hoping we can maybe post those someplace for people. Absolutely. We can show those in the show notes and put up links to all of those great organizations. They obviously can get a hold of us at the resource line, which I'm thankful you give out. But yeah, let's make some of that really easily um, accessible to folks out in the community. As you've reached out to folks recently, uh, Michelle, I, are there some glimmers of hope of what folks are doing to take care of themselves, uh, what you are? How does self-care you know, fall into this as part of your daily routine? Well, we like to remind them that self-care is a lot about hygiene. We need to all get up and brush our teeth and brush our hair and put on clean clothes and maybe even take a shower. However, real self-care for independently goes so much deeper than that. And we suggest to people, since they can't get to their support group, that perhaps they try something new. And whether it's just a meditation, yoga, singing out loud, playing puzzles. I'm really easy to entertain. All I need is a rubber band and a paper clip. I'm good for the day. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned yoga. And I think one of the things I just, someone else mentioned it today, 
And of course, in our community, we have uh, Janet Novinger, who leads the weekly or monthly yoga groups for brain injured. I want to reach out to her to see if we can do a live Facebook feed with her doing yoga. You know, how do we kind of be that intersection of the individuals and technology to at least let folks know and make it available? I guess that's what we're all trying to do is make as much available as we can so that there's the opportunity for the community to access as they can. So like when you were talking about, and we'd know that, that folks, some don't have computers and some only do have a phone and email doesn't work for everyone, but we always have tried to send things out in every way we could think of before because we wanted to get the information. So now we're having to think of other ways too when you take away meeting in person how do we allow folks to have that very important social interaction at some level and i love that you you chat with folks about you know self-care starts at a very basic level and that's a good reminder for all of us we get out of our routines we're really trying to on a daily basis kind of Jiggle that brain to be like, okay, this is what I need to do. I'm, I'm going to get ready to go to the office, even if my office is only 10 steps up the stairs, but prepping and being prepared for that. And I, you know, I'm so thankful that you're, you're helping. My staff does it on a daily basis, but we're so thankful for community members like you, Michelle, who are also that grassroots making it happen staying connected, you're the intermediary in that respect from the community over to BIA, to the individual, to the other groups that they're part of. You're, you're, you're awesome on a daily basis. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. I knew there was a good reason I picked you for my mentor. Caring for other people really takes my mind off myself. It's been a good thing for me since I first was injured and it's still a good thing. And I get up every day wondering how I can help my community better. And I don't have time to think about the world or my pains or my other obligations. It makes my world go round. Wow. You're an inspiration to me every day too, Michelle. I don't know who's who's mentoring who. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have, to have an arm wrestling on that one, lady, because I feel like I've learned as much from you for sure. I do remember when you and Joel first came and one of our first tulip trips and just that building of community. And we really hope the podcast that we're doing today helps to continue to build community. You know, that folks who may not be local to us in Seattle or King County, we have resource managers across the state and we have other leaders of in the brain injury community across the state. But the idea with the podcast is, how can we all stay connected regardless of where we are right now, sitting through the pandemic, making our life still happen, getting things done, and being connected with a brain injury community that cares? And you're, you're doing that, and Joel is doing that. Talk about what you see like in three months about how do we 
how do we kind of bring people back in, say, towards the end of summer? You know, say we have to wait till August, September. Do you think we just go back to our, our groups or do you think we should have something that's kind of like, you know, let's get together and talk about this? Maybe a community event. What are, I just that actually literally just came to me, Michelle. What are your thoughts on that? My true thoughts are we're going to stay together. Our community is brain injury strong, and you're a great leader. People love to go with you and do things, but it's going to be a new world when we come out. It's going to be different, and I hope the people without technology don't get left behind because a lot of our businesses are still going to start going to homework, and people are going to get together less. But Joel and I are still planning on running the groups the minute it's safe and we can both get out there because a week without a support group is like a week without sunshine. So that's what we're planning on. And we're planning on keeping everybody together during this time so that it's just a matter of finding a meeting place. Yeah, I think that's a really important piece of what you just said. I've heard other folks say that after this one thing, we're, we're being forced to go to technology, right? So everyone's being forced and learning uh, to use a lot of different technologies right now, which is the point of this. But I am with you, Michelle, in that not only for our community, but just in general, as I heard by many of the professionals, we are social animals. And two things is one that drives us. That's a real connection. That's that you know, one-on-one, -on -one. as much as I love sitting here talking to you and hearing your voice and seeing you on a screen, I would rather be with you in a room. And for our community in particular, they may never, it's not like they're all of a sudden going to have access to these technologies just because this is happening. And I do, I do worry about that. It's, it is this idea that, well, we're all going to be using technology a whole lot more well, then we're going to have to really figure out a way to get technology to the disabled and those living in a way that doesn't allow them to have that type of income to buy new technology. We're going to have to have a way to train them. How do you, you know, that's a very large, complicated one-on-one. -on -one. If they don't have the technology to get to the training on technology, it just, I, I don't think it's something that we can say is going to be the norm for our community. So we will not just have to, but I think we want to go back to in-person, being, being connected, having that opportunity to share their, their story and their day, as you said at the very beginning of this, in a safe, respected place. And I think that's what your groups have brought in all support groups, bring to folks is knowing once a week I have that safe, connected place. And these are my friends. They're real relationships with, with folks who they've met through uh, your and Joel's leadership at the groups. It was really simple for us for a long time. I am 10 years out in my injury. Joel is nine. And so we've got to come a long way. Do you know why bears hibernate, Deborah? <laughs> I do not, Michelle. Bears hibernate because A, they're tired, and B, they're big eaters. In the wintertime, there's not enough food in the forest for all the animals. So the bears take six weeks off and go sleep, and all the other animals get to eat. So I tell them hibernation's going to be over, and we're all going to go eat. 
We're not hiding. We're hibernating. And when it all comes out, we're going to eat well together. I love the way you make things make things work, Michelle. That is a beautiful, fun, lovely analogy. And I don't know if you sit at home and think of those and they just come to you. But whatever you're doing, I want you to share those with all of us whenever they come to you, because it's amazing. That was so great. Thank you. Lots of times people are so stressed when they get finally get a hold of us. I had one of our survivors call last night, absolutely crying in tears. He was just plain scared. So I told him my inner smile meditation. I breathe in, I calm my body. I breathe out, I smile. Dwelling in this moment, I am well. And it made him feel incredibly better. He called me back this morning and thanked me. And he actually memorized it and repeated it back. I love that one by one. You really did something there one by one that you can share in your groups when you're with them. And then now when folks are calling, I'm going to go back to the idea, you know, professionally, my staff, getting them connected for their appointments that are being missed right now or making sure their benefits are going to continue if they're getting letters that, you know, they were ending March 31st. Well, we got to figure out a way to get connected again with the state and make sure things continue. But we would never be able to do it all. And it is only through community members. And I know there are other Joels and Michelles out there. And we just started with you today, Michelle, and we'll be chatting with Joel in an upcoming podcast. But how critical is it to have all of these layers of support? We're always committed to our community at BIAWA and we connect with folks in the community. And then you just that, again, the grassroots portion is, I hope everyone is hearing how critical that is. You know, there's conduits between, but really operating with that same heart and you have such a big heart and you are so committed to this community. It really is important. And and it's, we always are trying to, you know, move people to that best place that they can be and everyone's in a different place. So what the best is, is, is always really an individual piece. But I think that's your, your part of making that happen, Michelle, in such a critical manner at so many levels. You really have just, I, I always say that, whether it's a podcast right now or whenever but folks need to understand you're you're not just someone who had one brain injury and i'm gonna can i tell this part of your story michelle go right ahead well michelle suffered a second injury and she had to once again come back from a pretty significant second injury and what resilience and what commitment and what strength you showed, Michelle. You show it every day, but you are, you know, that's not unusual. Most, it's very, if you've had one brain injury, you're much more likely to sustain a second. And that was, it, it took you a while to come back to be that leader role in the support group again. But was that a driving force? I think that might've been something that, was really important for you to get back to and in, in, in connecting with your community members. Just some of what you think about that, Michelle. It was, it is, and it will always be the most important thing in my recovery is staying connected. 
Wow. So do you remember um, that I came in and you gave me a resource manager? I remember when Michelle first came in and like I said, and then I remember we did the tulip trip not too long after I'd met both of you. And we could see and I could see you really, because I was early in my career at the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. And I think you and Joel in many ways are the role model for when I often say we will do things to support many and we will do all we can to reach as many as we can, but sometimes it is one by one. And I really see you and Joel as being two of the people who I first personally connected to and saw the impact of the work that we were doing at BIAWA and the strength of you two. And so you taught me from very early on that as an organization, we need to make sure we are doing both, that we do all the work that we do in a very systematic and broad way and really trying to reach as many folks as we can, doing it in a person-centered manner every time. But at times, we're really working with someone one by one. And that's how we make the connection. I believe that is absolutely correct. It was after the second brain injury, I had to call the resource line and get my own resource manager. I couldn't get to appointments. I was so lost on 13 medications, all the therapies. I wasn't getting where I needed to be. And my resource manager helped me figure all that out. That's how I got back to being a support group leader was, again, with the help of BIAWA. I just, I was so lost. And if I wouldn't have known to call the resource line, I'd have never been where I am today. So, Michelle, since we're chatting on our podcast today, one we have a whole group of folks out in our community. And what are some of the things that you want to say to them or questions that we can be asking of our community? This this can reach people all over the state of what do we want to what did you find in talking to locally to folks? Were some of the questions important to find out more so that we can provide more support and help for them? I tell them my personal mantra, do not be afraid. We're a strong, connected community, guys. Whether you're delighted and want to share your feelings or you're lost and lonely, you can call us. You can contact uh, the support group leaders, when we're contacting people, we're making lists of who wants to be called and who wants to call. Sometimes there's a real difference. So um, we can't always get to the phone, but we will call you back if you reach out for help. So if you need help, make the call. Yes. And so for folks out there, a couple things to know. If you go to the website, and I know that's saying technology, right? Two things. Well, I'm going to give you a number right now. The website is BIAWA.org. And under support services, there is a listing of every support group in the state. And there is a phone number for every support group leader in the state. Now, if you don't have technology, just call 877-824-1766. And the resource line can also provide you that same information. Just wherever you live, let us know. We'll find the closest research, uh, support group for you. And then we can find the number for the support group leader. You know, I 
we'd love to hear from folks listening today. I think, Michelle, you shared some great self-care ideas for yourself. We'd love to hear from other folks out there what they're doing, taking walks, meditation, some chair aerobics, cooking, favorite recipes that may have been brought out that haven't been made for years. I think all of those things that we can share with each other via our Facebook page, Brain Injury Alliance, Washington, or my email, Deborah C at BIAWA.org. We'd love to get questions, ideas, strategies, just as Michelle has shared today what she's heard from the community locally, uh, hearing from those of you in the state or even beyond. Who knows who might get to hear our podcast today? That helps us to to think about what do we what do we think about to talk about next on next our next podcast what are some of the things we should be covering give us ideas what do you want to hear about what do you want to learn about those are really important because you're the drivers in this we will respond and we will we are in a position to make it happen and that's really our goal This has been really great, and I have some links here that I pass out that I'm going to send in that you can put up because we have some great people doing things in our own community. What about Brandon Blake and his bonus time reading to kids and interaction, singing and playing the musical instruments and taking their questions? He's got a great side up, and I think he does it regularly. I had thought about someone like Brandon. I think we're going to have to do a musical podcast sooner than later and brandon was high on the list so let's get a little live entertainment going Jeannie hoffman from the tbi model systems will be joining us at a future podcast as will Lori weissman a former board member of the brain injury alliance of washington let's get a bunch of links up from our podcast uh get ready for the next podcast and graciously thank our guest today Michelle Kaufman with one L. Well, thank you, Deborah. Thank you for having me on. And I just can't wait till we can sit down and have coffee again. <laughs> yes. Until the coffee is opened. I, I, I salute you. I, I salute my mug to you, Michelle. Stay safe as we want everyone to stay safe. We will get through this. We'll use technology like this and calls and connections to stay stay together as a community. We are strong, as Michelle said, and we will come out and, and be able to be in a place where we celebrate and we move forward and we continue this journey. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you again to Goal 17 Media producing this for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. Take care.